You want to book as much acting work as you can, as often as you can. We get that. The thing is, you don't book acting work by focusing on booking acting work. The industry is more dynamic than that. The art is more interesting than that. By taking you inside the craft, the casting room, and the business, and bringing other industry experts into the conversation, we dig in. We pull back the curtain of the industry and show you how much power you really have as an artist. And by bringing your humanity to the work and the industry, you become an artistic leader, the kind of actor who books work. Even after decades of working with actors all over the world, in our classes at the BGB studio, teaching, coaching, casting, directing, producing, acting, on set, on stage, behind the camera and in front, nothing excites us more than seeing you express your unique artistic voice, humanize the business, and book work doing it. We're here on the podcast and in class at the BGB studio to give you all the tools you need to be a championship level working actor right now in an industry that desperately needs your voice and your leadership. Yeah, industry and artistry. This is the only place you're going to hear this. I'm Risa. And I'm Steve. And this is the acting podcast from the BGB studio. We are thrilled and moved by the response to the podcast. We love reaching actors all over the world, actors like you, who tell us that our podcast inspires them, informs them, and makes them excited and proud to be an actor. Yeah, but make no mistake, an acting career is won by being in the consistent practice of the work, week after week, month after month, year after year. Success for an actor is in the doing. So here at the BGB Studio, we offer the highest quality acting training for passionate, committed, talented, and ambitious actors. see that kind of work transform talent into successful careers, and that makes us so happy. There is no substitute for doing the work consistently, and we offer the work of success. We are the home of your 10,000 hours. We offer ongoing and eight-week on-camera auditions, scene study, and workout classes. They're available now. So sign up now to secure your spot and get to work. Go to braymangarciabraun.com classes, or click the link for classes in the podcast show notes. We'll see you in class. I've known Bernie Telsey for close to four decades. He has truly become the king of casting. Since opening Telsey and Company in 1988, Bernie, along with his amazing staff of casting directors, associates, and assistants, have cast such Broadway shows as Rent, Wicked, Hairspray, In the Heights, Kinky Boots, Hamilton, Network, Oklahoma, To Kill a Mockingbird, and more, as well as countless national tours, off-Broadway productions, and regional theater productions around the globe. Bernie and his staff have worked on the feature films Margin Call, Mary Poppins Returns, The Greatest Showman, Into the Woods, Rachel Getting Married, and many, many more, including the upcoming film adaptation of In the Heights. Some television projects are Fosse Verdon, This Is Us, The Big C, Masters of Sex, which we cast together, Ugly Betty, Rent Live, Jesus Christ Superstar Live, as well as upcoming shows for HBO, Netflix, and Apple Plus TV. Telsey and Company have won an Emmy Award, an Independent Spirit Award for casting, and have been nominated for loads more. And this is big. Bernie was the 2016 recipient of the Casting Society of America's Hoyt Bowers Award for his huge contribution to casting. 
as an office, Telsey and company have won 25 CSA Ardios Awards. Bernie also serves as the New York Vice President of the Casting Society of America, and he serves on the Board of Governors for the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. Bernie is also one of the artistic directors of MCC Theater in New York, a thriving off-Broadway company, newly housed on the West Side, and is the heart of all of the work he does. We're so excited to welcome Bernie Telsey to the Acting Podcast. So Bernie Telsey, Bernard Telsey, nice to you. <laughs> you too. So glad we could make this work. Yeah. So we're in Los Angeles. You're here occasionally because you do so many freaking things. <laughs> it's hard to keep track. A few things. Yeah, a few things. Um, so what are you What are you here in Los Angeles doing? I'm here because I sit on the board at the uh, Academy of Motion Pictures. Yeah. So we had a board meeting uh, yeah. and I represent the casting branch. Yeah. And we also have the Governor Awards this Sunday where they give the honorary Oscars. What are those? What are those uh, for? Uh, it's just to give to lifetime achievement. Who are the people uh, this year? So Gina Davis is getting one for oh, really? the humanitarian award. Oh yeah, yeah. For all of her charity work. Right, and right. David Lynch. Okay. Is getting one. Yeah. And uh, uh, Lena Wolfmuller, mm-hmm. the director, the German director. Oh, I remember her. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's going to be exciting. That's cool. So just to stay with that for one second. So the fact that you're on the board of the Academy is a pretty big deal. Yeah, I mean, it was nice to get elected by the casting membership. Yeah, but you're, you're, you, are, you are among the first casting directors to ever be on the board, right? Yes, because we just became a branch only six years ago. Which is crazy. Which is amazing. Yeah. I mean, we were all members at large, yeah, like yeah, you yeah. and myself, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and we have about 110 casting directors, Yeah. Uh, which is global now, which yeah. is wonderful, because yeah. there's so many people internationally that are part of it. But then David Rubin, Laura Kennedy, and I were the first governors. Yeah. So the, just the fact that you do that. So you're the New York vice president of the CSA. I'm reading here. You are on the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences Board of Governors that we just talked about. You do a lot. Yeah. You have this empire that you've built. And I'm, I mean, if I'm embarrassing you, I no, no, say it's you're okay. embarrassed. <laughs> no, I, you know, I, mean, I don't think of it as an empire. But yes, it is a big office. You know I mean, why it's an empire? Because you have been able to sustain a a very, very high level of work, a certain amount of work in every department. You have branches in, in what? And we have theater, plays, and yeah. musicals, yeah. and then we still Which have includes Broadway and off-Broadway and touring and companies regional and regional theater. Yeah. 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 And then we have commercials. We still have a department that did commercials, which I started when I was at your office. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah. And, uh, and then we do television on both New York and... Yeah. LA and then we do films on both. Yeah. So, so that, it's really nice like an actor who wants to be seen for all different things. It's nice as a casting office to be able to do so many different kinds of projects in different mediums. Yeah. Keeps yeah. it fresh. Keeps it fresh. Well, the, so I'm going back to this empire notion. So you've got all of these um, major things that you do. Um, you know, you've got your hands in every, you know, every possible performance arena and you've got a, a huge amazing staff right yeah it's like we have uh, 30 people in the new york office and there's about nine in the la office which is so it grows i yeah. mean you know it's like I mean, part you know, of my hope was to keep breeding casting directors because then there'd be more of us yeah and then what we all do as a profession would be more, more recognized and more part of the creative process and and creating casting directors or breeding them or, or evolving them teaching them um 
nurturing them so that they also do the kind of work you do because one of the things that I know from working with you guys and working with you over the past, I was counting, it's like 39 years. <laughs> Crazy. Um, yeah, that it that you care about actors. Yeah, right. You much care so. about the work. You've got great taste. You understand the notion of collaboration. We could talk about that, but you know, you you care deeply about actors in our audience. Those of you listening are actors, and you probably think of this is really interesting to me. I'm, I know I'm jumping all over the place. That Bernie Bernard Telsey Telsey and Company is this massive thing, and so it's scary for some people. Like, and so you have this persona of this person who you know sits on the throne of this empire i mean that's how people see you really yeah i, I hope it's not that but 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 right, but right. but i mean some people i know what the opposite side of that is is that you have intimate deep relationships with artists with actors right. and actors love you and they love your office so i speak to that only because it's impressive that you're able to do all of those things and one of my questions to you is, how the fuck do you do all of that? How do you manage 39 staff members and, and hundreds of productions at one time and right. are on the Academy and the CSA and all that stuff? How do you do it? Like, And then there's that theater company. <laughs> yeah, and then there's a theater company, <laughs> right, Manhattan right, right, Class right, Company. Right, right, right. But yeah, which is a uh, huge part of your mission and your heart. So how do you how do you do that? How do you manage that? Uh, well, I'm sure my wife will give you a different answer. <laughs> okay, we'll uh, ask her. <laughs> so let's not ask her. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I just love what it is that I do, and I love working. And to me, it never feels like work. Really? Sure, there are bad days, and there are yeah. hard days, yeah. and there are you know, issues that come up. But I just love... I, first of all, I love having a staff. And I don't mean because that means we get to do more, but I love collaborating with other casting directors. I mean, it did start when I worked with you because right. there was a few of us, yeah, <laughs> even of us. when, yeah. you know, and the idea of having a place where we can collaborate even before or after we're dealing with our directors, producers, and writers. It's wonderful because I feel like our job is to be this, you know, this gateway into opening doors for actors and our job is to know as many actors as possible. Yeah. And, with having more of a staff, we get to see more actors. True, yeah. So you can help each other and and, and share the work. Yeah, and it's yeah. always the people who are not even on the project that actually sometimes have that initial idea or have that way of finding that mm. right actor. And that's because it's so subjective casting, right? I mean, it's like a taste business mm -hmm. and everybody is always have a different taste and our job is to sort of hone everybody in and try to get them all on the same page. Yeah. And, it's wonderful getting to do that with fellow casting directors. And a lot of people have been with you for a long time. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, we all know in casting, many people go on and open up their own offices, and that's the norm. Yeah. Because it's usually a singular kind of yeah. industry. But, you know, all the partners in our office have been, you know, almost 19 to 30 years. You know, the seven senior people. And, right, uh, right, right. Like Will and David and, yeah. David Vicari and Will Cantler and Bethany Knox and Craig Burns right. and Tiffany Little Canfield have all been there 17 to 30 years. And Well, that's impressive and unusual. So what, what yeah. do you, how do you attribute that kind of commitment, loyalty, and, and, and uh, I mean, <laughs> longevity? I think, yeah, yeah, longevity. Yeah. I think it's empowering people. You know, all of them have their own tastes, of course, even if we try to collectively have a, a way of working. Yeah. Uh, but they're all empowered and they all have billing and they all share in the business and uh, mm. it's, I want them to feel like it is their business and they don't have to necessarily go out and open up their own 
if they did, God bless. And mm-hmm. I love them. Yeah. Uh, and it just works. And I feel like it works with the next tier of people. We have a lot of other senior people who've been there 10 plus years. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like everybody gets to have a say, even if they're the assistant or the associate or the director or the partner. I know we don't really talk about titles. I mean, everyone has different responsibilities, of right. course. Yeah. But it really is a, a team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that must account for it because yeah. you have to have good people who you can rely on when you're doing that many things. Yeah. And we have a lot of staff meetings and a yeah. lot of... Oh, you do? Yeah. A lot of staff <laughs> meetings and we have breakout meetings and, you know, it really is a big open, you know, we don't have offices with closed doors. Right. Uh, I've been very much an open book, yeah. you know, my whole life. Yeah. And, uh, what does that mean to you? You've been an open book and, uh, and why? Uh, because so I, I feel like that. I feel like you know that actors love your office and they love to know that they're coming in for you guys and they know that you guys are champions and you especially champion right. actors. So so because you're accessible right. even as I, a human being, right? Right. And I feel like we have to be that yeah. way. Well, but a lot of people of, aren't. I know. I know. But why know, are you? But, and what is that like for you? And, and what does that look like? I think it's. I mean, that's a great question. Why am I? I think because at the same time I was building this casting company I was starting my own theater company and you know we were nobodies right we were a bunch of NYU graduates right. who were like oh let's start a theater company yeah and, you know and because tomorrow we're gonna be producing and you know that took seven years yeah uh but in the theater you're you have to be collaborative I mean everyone's doing everything especially when we were starting up yeah. we were all painting the sets we were all like doing everything so my mm. training was it was never about closed doors or it was never about power or it was never about, you know, hierarchy. You know, it was just about a bunch of people collaborating together and starting a theater. So I feel like I just brought that into yeah. how I have a business. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Cause I, and I mean, I get that because that's where I came from. Yeah. So if that's your training and that's what you know, and then that's how you build a business. Yeah. I mean, even when we have moved three times over the course of Telsey and Company, there was a sense of, Oh, aren't you going to have your own office? It's like, no. Oh, your I, physical office. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. like, I would never want that, number one. Well, first of all, you're not so there boring. a ton in sitting at a desk. Yeah, because you're, you you're know, in auditions yeah, and you're, on you're running around. And then you want everyone to pick up and yeah. learn from those phone calls. And, you know, when we've had those heated kinds of conversations, you could see certain heads in the office pop up and go, oh, what's going on? What right. can I learn from this? So, and, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, we're all, I mean, I feel like half of the people in my office know more than I do. I mean, right. at least that's my philosophy. It's yeah. like, what can I get from them? Forget yeah. what they need to get from me. Yeah. Uh, and we bring those teams, you know, back into the office so that anyone we're casting for, whether it's someone we've cast for many years or a brand new client, that they know this is how we work. There's a team of four people on every project. You know, even if it's me or not me, it's it's a big Well, they buy into that. They right. would have to buy right. into that. Yeah. It's, we're not fooling anybody. This yeah. is who we are. And it's up to them. I just, it blows my mind, I have to say. <laughs> no, it does. Because I look at you and I just go, how have you managed this? Right, right, you right. know, how have you managed to... Steve Braun is in the house. Hey, Steve. How are you? <laughs> nice to see you. Yeah. They're shaking hands. On, a while. Oh, oh, yeah. Come sit down. You know, when Bobby Bittman would uh, <laughs> jump in on the Sammy Modlin show and then nobody? All right. Yeah. Um, For those of you who don't know what that is, Steve's got these, like, obscure references. But we're, <laughs> we, were just talk, we were just talking about Bernie being how he collaborates and how he has people have access to him, to you. And, you know, being an open book was the the reference, but being accessible, which is something that people with this much 
uh, going on often aren't, and a lot of casting people aren't. They and you were talking about coming from the theater, coming from a collaborative art and spirit, bringing that into business making, which is which is so important in how it trickles yeah. down and how people access what you're doing. And so, there's likely two elements of that too, which is like the actual physical accessibility of I'm I'm here, I'm not in ten other different cities, but also. Well, you've also been in his office, right? Because we've done right. workshops there where we're talking about Bernie sits with everybody in an right. open area. So, But there's the emotional accessibility of, yep. I've been doing this for a long time and I've seen everything and I've had to, I'm guessing, protect myself or set up boundaries to a certain extent. But then within the work, be there emotionally and be able to be affected by it. Yeah. How do you do that? Uh, I wish, I don't know how to set up a boundary. I mean, when you said like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I mean, I probably need to a little bit. I mean, yes. I mean, I don't lit, sleep at the office, but uh, I guess in, my philosophy would be instead of setting up a boundary, I've set up another casting director in the office, right? So that we can still be a complete open book, even if it's not me 24-7, because I can't be in every room. If we have seven audition rooms, I can't be in all seven of them, but someone else can be who's at least carrying that philosophy of an open kind of situation. Right. right. Uh, so I don't think of it as protecting myself uh is it exhausting no i was saying earlier <laughs> i get it's like coffee for me i huh. mean it's like i get such an adrenaline adrenaline yeah. of uh what we do right. you know yes we could all sit here and say oh my god i can't believe i'm still casting that role you know what i mean but like that's right. the given circumstance and for whatever reason no one's agreeing on who we but guess what there are a hundred other actors you can't see you know, even if you want to feel like there is no one else or we already saw it, right. if the people we're working for don't feel that way, then we're in enough of a business where there are more options and right. there are more choices. And then you just have to, you know, dig down and go, okay, how can I make that joyful rather than stressful? And is that, and is that happening right now? For me. You, know, you know what I mean? It's like, like okay, I have podcast. to go back in. No, 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 no. Gotcha. I understand. Uh, but I have to go back in, even if you think it should have been cast already. Right. It's not. But you get, fr but it is you frustrating know? sometimes. Sure. And so really it's how you approach that frustration with, right. with, with that kind of spirit of, okay, we'll just keep digging in. We just have to keep digging in. Yeah. And again, I think again, every, like when you're asking these questions, I'm relaying it to starting a theater company, right? It's so hard and you never have enough money to do what you want to do. So you have to always find another way, you know, right. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And somehow I've, I never act like the casting is the profitable situation. It's the same thing. It's like, we'll find another positive way. It's like right. parenting. I don't, you, know, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, totally. you gotta go find another way. Right, to, right. So did you, did you learn that? Is it something like any relationship that you've had to learn or did you always have that mindset? Because uh, I, I imagine you've hit like walls. But I at think, full I, speed but I want to speak a little bit for you, only because I've known you so long. Yeah. Um, I think that's part of who you are. I think that's a big part of your success. Uh, you know, I. Ugh. She's feeling it. <laughs> Why do I get like this? It's well, so crazy. And, and I'll vamp for you so you can <laughs> process these wonderful feelings. No, but it's great. But but and I, I'm struck also by the fact that. The two of you have, you know, you are titans of this industry. I'm not like, and, yeah, and you've stuck around and you've been at it together. And the two of you have a history. And I think there are very few people who are in that category. So here you are talking to someone that you've been shoulder to shoulder with for a lot of years. Yeah, but just watching you build this business. And also I've worked with you. So there are times when I've wanted to give up and you have 
schooled me on, listen, we cannot go there. We just have to... Right. We have to get through this in a way that's supportive and productive. I mean, we've commiserated and we've sure, rolled our eyes sure. and we've said, oh, my God, this and is that's frustrating. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's well, so, part of the fun, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Commiserating. Yeah. yeah. But but you have had a spirit of positivity, productivity, collaboration, support that is pretty unusual, I think. And I think that's a lot a part of your success, or at least you're sustaining this work and this ability to do this work for such a long time. Don't you think? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, and I, you know, when you ask, like, where did that come from? Maybe that was something my father, mm-hmm. taught, you know, like, we nothing ever came easy growing up. You know, I mean, it was like you had to fight for everything. We did not have, fun, you know, there was not a financial situation in our in our home. Right. And I watched my father work so hard, you know, Sundays and nighttime. And so I guess it was just natural that I was going to have to do that same thing. Mm-hmm. But I was going to make it be something that I was passionate about. And the theater was something I was completely passionate about. Yeah. You're coming back to theater, which yeah, I think right. is so interesting yeah. that it is such a, an anchor for you. An emotional yeah. anchor, a creative anchor. Uh, yeah. Both. And, what, and so what is that for you when you're in the midst of casting some role and some producers going, no, you do this and go to this country and, you know, keep digging and keep digging. And you know, you found it and it's, you know, it's hard. What is it that that the theater gives you MCC and other theater collaborations? Uh, I just love being in a rehearsal room or being in an audience with the theater. Yeah. You know what I mean? The results of, and being affected emotionally. Yeah. And somehow I'll always sort of draw myself into how can I bring those feelings into casting? Oh my God. Yeah. It's, if you just looked at the casting, how can I see another person for that role? Right. You know what I mean? When I'd rather just go in the room and convince the team that this is it, but sometimes that doesn't work. So you, I try in that moment, I guess, to think of the casting challenge as, okay, who are the six Bernies who are going to collaborate? You know, like who are the other six parts of me that could find another way in right. to find another person or rely on someone in my staff to, you know what, you really have to, you know. <laughs> they like, like you, you yeah, do it. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Not that we're handing it off, but yeah, who yeah. else? Because yeah. I do feel like, who am I missing? Yeah. Right? So... I try to, I guess that's the real thing. When it gets really tough yeah. in the casting, I'm willing to go, okay, you know what? How am I doing a bad job? I'm Not that I'm mea copa on myself, yeah, yeah. but like, what am I missing? Right. Because she or he is out there. Right. So it becomes another crossword puzzle that I, because mm. I know you, it can get solved, right? It sometimes ha- well, it, it has to get it solved. It has to get solved, yeah. and sometimes it has to get solved by me convincing or yeah. showing someone a tape again. Yeah. But maybe it is from finding a new person. Right. Uh, yeah. But so I love I, what you said about <clears throat> bringing the spirit of the work in the theater, which is so collaborative and so emotionally engaged into the casting process, which sometimes can be without. Right. right? No, no. And I think that's why, to go back, why I joined, right, or why I sit on the board at CSA or the Academy, because it's, I think all what all casting directors do is so hard. Mm-hmm. And I know some, and I don't know some, but I love what all casting directors do. So how can I help the profession? And that's why I volunteer on all these boards, and because it's about mm-hmm. moving our profession forward. And, and 
again, how can I collaborate with casting directors that I don't work with, <laughs> right? Because right, well, I mean, and, and, and help know. rise people up, which is yeah. a lot of what you do. But yeah, it's such so. a creative mindset to me. It's such a like a malleability. It's such a an improv yes and where I think a lot of people in your position probably could get away with, fuck you, we're done here. And, and so for you to, and I'll, I mean, I, you know, I have no, two right. young kids, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a similar thing, right? Cause you can't do that with them. You have to find another way. You have to be malleable. It's it, to me, it's, it's such a, a creative spirit of, um, well, let's see, there must be another way, which is so amazing. I think actors in particular should understand that and understand the challenges that you're facing and the, and the heavy lifting you're doing to get to that place before they walk yeah, into the audition room with you. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm always amazed at what they're doing, right? right. I mean, those actors, God bless, you know, I mean, it's so hard right. to be an actor, number one, but I, it's such a gift what they can do. You know, I quickly could not do that. Well, you were an actor? A, yeah. For, I, yeah. When yeah. I met you, you were an actor. Right. And yeah. it's like, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't tap into those kind of emotions, but can I help someone who can, right. you know, so it's already what they do is amazing. And then the whole art of auditioning and getting a job is completely foreign to even what real acting is. Mm -hmm. uh, so how do you create a space for actors that is close to that? Or do you just have to assume that, look, you have to get good at this specific thing that's probably different than the actual thing. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like what you guys teach here. It, you know, you have to get good at auditioning. I mean, no matter how much Yes, I want to always have a space that is welcoming, and we, you know, as Risa and you have both been to our space, it's, to me, the lobby is as important as what's going on in the audition room, so people right. feel comfortable and warm and relaxed and accessible, and, you know, the, the staff is right there, but at the end of the day, you still got to learn how to audition and how to get the job and all of those kind of business things and have to be made. And, sure. Yeah. And when an actor comes in, in a place of desperation and deep need and uh, and perhaps even sabotaging as a lot of actors, and I certainly know when I pursued an acting career, you can get to those places kind of quick. Yeah. When they walk in with some of that and don't do the job that they want to do and that you need them to do, is it easy for you to go to a place of frustration or do you have that compassion consistently for actors? Especially if you know what they're capable of. Yeah, absolutely. And then you try in that moment to help guide and strip so you can get to the work. But sometimes you can't when there's six people in the room. and Right. You know, you just feel so awful. You know, you just you feel for them, yeah, yeah, because right. you know that's not. And then you try another avenue. You know, you feel like okay, we're here to help provide information about all these actors. So, you know, and I, I don't say this because Risa, you're sitting here, but I learned this from you. It's like we're going to be very vocal as much as I possibly can be in that room. Yeah, because if I'm the one going out and seeing these people's work in the theater, yeah. on film, or TV, or in auditions every week. I'm going to talk about that so it's not just about the five minutes that they're in the room. Sure. You can advocate for them. Yes. And you do. I've seen you do it, which is really important. And we've always talked about how important it is to educate. It's ed ed yeah. educating because yeah. half of the people who are behind the desk don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You know. They need that. So I would say this, and one of the reasons why this is important is because I think actors, and I'm speaking for myself uh, when I was pursuing one, an acting career, that, that you can get to this place of being in opposition to casting directors. They're the gatekeepers, and if I didn't do well, or if the reader did this, that, or the other thing, um, you know, it's your fault. I'm, I'm antithetical to you all to fight. And I also think that actors reference those trauma moments of when they did get yelled at by the casting director or left in, in the hallway for an hour and a half or whatever And else. they bring that with them, yeah. Why does a casting director, just so we understand that, why and how does a casting director get to that point where they shut off from actors uh, and, and can't open up 
and, and can't be as generous as the way that the two of you are describing? I don't know, actually, because I don't think, I mean, easy for me to say, I don't think that happens. It does. I know, I know, <laughs> I mean, I believe that but it, it doesn't, does. Yeah, but it doesn't happen in your world. Yeah, and I hope it doesn't happen yeah. on any one of my staff, and I don't mean to be Pollyanna about it, but I because I don't know what that gets us. Yeah. Right? That's like, just it, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, then you've done what? Like, right. you didn't get the best out of what you needed. Totally. And well, why are you being mean? I, I, I mean, and that's, right. it's just so opposite of what... You know what? You know what? I think, I think to... it comes from... I think it comes from people either being victimized <clears throat> by um, or feeling less than when they can't provide. So when they hit their walls, we talked about how you... When you hit your walls, what you do, which is healthy, productive, collaborative you know, lifting it up, keep finding another way from, but a lot of people don't have those resources or that history or that reference. And so they shut down and they, they become a victim of it and they, they don't have those resources. And so they don't know how to fortify themselves to keep going or to find the positive spin in it or right. to, or they have no one to talk about it. With. They have I mean, no I one think, to talk, you know, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's the joy of, cause yeah. you're right. When you, the minute you started talking about that, I have those feelings and I got to say, they go away because I go right back into the bullpen of the office, and that's when you dump. Yeah. And then you can get back yeah. on the horse, yeah, right? Yeah, you find it, yeah, yeah. Right, and yeah. I don't have to wait till I get home to do it. We all do it with each other, like, oh, I can't believe the fucking blah, 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 yeah, yeah. Blah, yeah. whatever yeah. it is. Right, I think that's the joy of having a big office and a place to have that. You know. But I think it comes back to collaboration because whenever I've worked with you in the last several years, not in the old days, we can we haven't talked about the old days yet, but we oh. can get to that. We just got I we we're past all the old days. No, no, and we then never I could just breeze in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to the, <laughs> Happy got to hear to about the old juicy days. stuff. <laughs> but it comes back to that that sense of problem solving and collaboration yeah. and finding a solution because you have to, you want to, because you are serving the creative storytelling, the vision, right. and the process. And so I think that's what people don't have. They don't have that reference point. They don't have that creative foundation yeah. or that collaborative and I, foundation. You know, I don't mean to now for me to get teary-eyed, but I, you know, I walked into your office and that was that way. You what know, you it mean? was you and Billy, Lisa and Heidi. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? And within five minutes it was like, okay, what do you think, Bernie? You know, you know what I mean? It was yeah. already a place of collaboration, whether we were dealing with, any one of those high-powered movie directors right. or stage directors. Right. It was already like, let's make casting a collaboration on top of what we're doing with our And teams. then you bring that spirit to the right. directors, producers that you work with to say, yeah. let's figure this out together. together. Yeah, yeah. I mean that. Yeah, I think that's what saves the work and that's what a lot of people don't have. Yeah, because a lot of, you know, a lot of people treat us like we're here to serve them and we are here to serve their vision, but there's ways to do that. We can be collaborative about that like a set designer is or a costume designer. Yeah, yeah. You know what's so important about that? Because I sometimes, I have to say, fall victim to that. You walk into that collaboration as a leader and as a department head and as somebody who has a voice, the stuff we talk about to actors all the time, you, you don't come in with this like, oh, you know, I am just this little, you know, I'm the casting director here to serve you and also have you be abusive and have you just use me as a computer. You come in with a point of view and a vision and, 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 and you've earned a seat at the table, right? Yeah, and I can't wait to get inside his or her head of mm. what it is that they're looking for in this project yeah. so we can serve them. Yeah. I mean, I get it's, the, you know, it's their decision. Yeah. Uh, but I also get, you know, that's the joy of having the theater company because then we have another outlet that 
we get to serve our vision. Yeah, you know? yeah. Have you ever turned work down because uh, people aren't interested in hearing you or collaborating with you or s stepped away from those sort of people? Uh, sure. I mean, I don't know if it was that direct of a reason. You sure. know, sometimes it's that. But I think everybody wants what we're all three of us are talking about, how you get there. Yeah. You know, I don't think anybody is walking in and saying, I only want your computer right. of ideas. Yeah. It's how you approach it. You know, you know, and I and I guess I have this feeling of anyone can be collaborative. Hmm. Yes, it doesn't always happen. Yeah. But at least I, I do go into it thinking that. And have things changed since the days of the manila envelopes from the agents <laughs> and going through everything on your desk too? Yeah. No, it's just about volume for Castner. Just get me volume. It's a numbers game. I don't really care about your sensibility. It might be different in Los Angeles than New York. Well, some, some of that is the case. Some things have changed with technology. Yeah, the technology thing has made it so that anything is possible, just like in the real world, right? Because of these phones, anything is possible. No. So there's a sense of, you know, did you the, look in New Zealand? And it's like, I hadn't yet, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oops. Yeah. But, you know what I mean? But there is sometimes that kind of feeling, right. yeah. which is great. Uh, because it can be global and it can be right. productive. So it's everything yeah. is so easy now, and you know an audition could happen in five minutes because someone could put themselves on tape in Ireland for something. Right. Uh, so that's the good thing, and then sometimes it's the bad thing because it's it's made everyone doubt that they've seen it. I think so. It's a fear, right? Because right? I think most of casting is fear. Because I always joke around and I say. Yeah, it's the hardest for anyone on a team to make a casting decision because then they have to start. Right. Right. You know, like even if they're not thinking that way, then they have to start directing or writing. So it's or easier. Rehearsing. Yeah. yeah, it's easier so to just it's keep. It's easier mm. to just keep casting sometimes. Right. Even if it's not, even if they're happy. You know, so. And have you figured out, I'm, I'm guessing you have, sure, sure. the ways in which you navigate all of that fear coming from someone else, yeah. some challenging showrunner or showrunner who you see six miles away, this is the behavior that's happening and it's not. Yeah. I don't productive. know if there's a book of like, <laughs> you can write it, but you do have your, you do have your own little book of ways, but they're all so different because it's such a people business. Yeah. Right. You know, and I guess that's the joy of getting to work on theater, film and TV because there's, it's three different books. You know what I mean? Because but, isn't it, it's, but isn't it in some ways you're dealing with the same issues, the same fears, the same anxieties, the same egos? Yes. But how you solve it is different. You right, know what I mean? Right. Because at least in the theater, most of the time, everyone's got to get in the room. So how you navigate is how you perform in the room with your whole team. Mm. Uh, in television, it's hard because everybody's all over the place and there's so many levels so many people. Of so, so many, many people who don't yeah. even get to go at the same time. Yeah. So navigating that is a completely different way to cast. In the theater, they're all there at the same time. And if they're not, then they miss out. You know, and then, so it's, and then with film, you're dealing with so many times the director not even in the room. So how do you relay your point of view? Do you have a preference? On email. Uh, I don't have a preference in what project, because I can honestly say I like all mediums. But I have a preference of being in the room with people. 
You want people Which in the room. is what happens more naturally in the theater. In the theater, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Although I just read an article recently that you were in, because you're in like most articles people read about casting. I read it too. Yeah, about about <laughs> self-taping now in the theater. Oh, yes. You know, and that what we can talk about, let's talk about self-taping for just a second, just because sure. it's become the norm. It's and it's actually, I've heard, heard of offices that are only using self-taping in, in television, and also that in... Um, in, in the theater that people are self-taping and using self-tapes for in, without being... And so what is that apocalyptic world where <laughs> there is no in-person audition ever? Yeah, I mean, I hope it's not that. And as much as everyone says that, I, we still have all these rooms packed. So I don't think it's going away. Hmm. We do use self-tapes in the theater when that person can't get there. Different than, we'll talk about film and TV in a second, but in the theater, the self-tapes have been used because that person's not here. They're on the road. And they're in they're, LA, yeah, yeah. and they are willing to come and do that off-Broadway play at MCC or the Atlantic or Second Stage. So then why shouldn't they get to do that self-tape or Skype in with that director because someone on our team is going, you should see so-and-so who lives in LA right. but would come and do this play, yeah. whereas they're not going to fly all the way in for an off-Broadway audition. Right, right. Uh, so that's when we use the self-tape, and I would say almost every play has some element of that. And people, but are, then, cast, and people are cast from that. And they're, they're being cast. Because they're in Ireland or they're in New Zealand yeah. or they're in LA. And we try yeah. to treat it still like, and we talk about this all the time with the staff, it's still like a theater audition, meaning we're going to show that self-tape when everyone's here on Tuesday doing the live people. Yeah. If we possibly can, as opposed to film and TV, you're just sending tapes all day long whenever they come in. Yeah. Kind of thing. And the questions that come up from actors in those situations are, but do I treat it like a TV audition? Because I'm here. What should the frame be? Is it f people who think that theater is yeah. different than film? And yeah, TV yeah. yeah. I, you know, if I'm doing a theater audition and I'm self-taping, yes, you need a full body shot so that everyone can see what they look like. But then it should be right. still close so that they're focused on it. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. And then I still feel like you have to treat it like it's a film and TV self tape. Yeah. Just so that there's. Well, that makes sense because no you're distance. not going to go into the back of the room and start, you know, playing to the house or whatever. Because right. even in your, in your casting rooms, people aren't playing to the house. They're playing right. to. They're, they're in the room. Exactly. There's an intimacy exactly. to it. What do you like self tapes as for film and TV? Uh, yeah. Again, I personally like being in the room, but I love that it gets us access to people that we wouldn't get to see. Yeah. Uh, so I like them and then I can watch, you know, I mean, yes, the advantages are I can watch them. I could have a session tonight because they all came in and then they were collected. And then tonight I'm going to sit and watch from seven to nine thirty, yeah. and then send my director the best ones. Yeah. So in what that the, sense, how do you, I like them. I don't, yeah. but again, that's cause I'm seeing people in LA or now I'm doing a movie in London and you know, they're not going to put me there for a month. Right. Well, they used to do that with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'll go, but I'll, do a month of a month of self tapes and then go for a week to see the best. So when you say I'll send the director the best ones, what what do you look for in a self tape? What is the best one to you? Like uh, what, what 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 speaks to you, moves you, affects you? Uh, something that makes me have feelings. Yeah. You, you, know, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? I mean I think there's the technical thing of sure. you've got to be able to make a good self tape yeah. and be able to see the person. You know, yeah. all those things that I yeah I think actors know and then they don't know. You know, I mean, like the lighting and, you know, let's how to shoot it, all mm -hmm. that stuff that I know you guys teach as well. But Although we, we keep coming back to all the technical stuff can be in place, 
but if, if it's just about the technical, because people get hung up on that, you right. know, you forget about the real work. So yes, what is it that? still yeah. has to be the real work and connected and, you know, making a connection to whether that, even if I don't see that reader, I know that there's some feeling going on. Yeah. You know, it still needs to feel like a performance. In some ways, it's harder to do a self-tape because you're, uh, you know, in a room, you're more lenient, right? Because you know it's like rehearsal and you know it's in a yeah. room and I'm not really shooting it. But what am I trying to say? When people do these self-tapes, you're already putting the director, the director's already seeing it like on film. Right. Mm -hmm. So it almost has to even be better. Does that mean? Sure. Because they're not there to direct in the moment. They're not there to give the adjustment. So they're really looking for a final performance. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the actor needs to be so much more invested in that self-tape. And yet, in so many rooms, there isn't a director, there isn't a casting director like yourself or one someone on your staff who's pretty sophisticated and, and understands the process and, give, yeah, and can really work with actors. Right. You know, that's often the case where you're in the room. We hear this a lot, if not, not how I work or how you work, where, where actors are in a room with a casting assistant who's reading with them, running the camera, and has just never done any of this before because uh, people are churning out so much work. So the self-tape maybe gives, I believe, can give some freedom if you know how to use it. Yes, yeah. and you know how to direct yourself and you know how yeah. to, you know, go for And yes, and you can watch it back and do it two or three times yeah. and see which one you like before yeah. you send it to and the guest. The, the key office. is two or three times if you're listening, not 400 right. times, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So um, let's just go back a few years just because we sure. didn't do it at, at the beginning. So when we started working together in the early... 80s. <laughs> it was like right mid 80 when I left. Mid 80s, yeah. yeah. What, where were you at in your career at that time, starting to build MCC, and? Sure, I was starting to build MCC. I had just been working at Meg Simon and Frank Human casting. Oh, yeah, since yeah. you know, like a week out of NYU. Uh huh. So that was like 81 to 85. Right. Yeah. And then you and I met, and then I was a freelancer with you. Yeah. Uh, and it was great because it was right when your office was sort of exploding. Yeah, yeah. What was it about that Lennon-McCartney meeting that <laughs> made you say, let's do this? Uh, well, it was at a poker game. No. Uh, <laughs> it was a Bob and Mary Joyce. Yeah, it was Bob and Mary Joyce yeah, poker game. Yeah. But I don't know what it was in Reese's head, but I'm sure it was no different than what's happened to me over the years where like your office is you know, growing and you need more people that you can relate to and rely on because you also were directing plays at yeah, the time yeah. and had a lot of stuff happening between Lincoln Center, EST, and the movies. So when they asked, come on over, and you know, it started with, can you work on the Lincoln Center account with Billy? Mm -hmm. uh, it was just great, because it was, like I said, it was recent Billy and, and uh, Heidi Levitt and mm -hmm. uh, Lisa Peterson, who were associates, and then there was me, like another associate. And it was just so exciting. You know, because it was film, it was TV, it was commercials, it was theater, and uh, it was the way I like to work. And Lisa was like, yeah, we're directors and we're doing this casting, and you're starting your theater company, but come do this casting. And when you sure. got to leave for your theater company, go. You know, it was very much empowerment, and it was very much trust, all the things that I then have done with my staff of the job's got to get done. Uh, and I think the first project outside of uh, the front page at Lincoln Center was the Nick Kazan movie, Punk Daddy. You know, where it's like, we want to do this movie. We can't go to L.A. Can you go to L.A.? And I was like, yeah, I can go to L.A. And, you know, I slept at Nick Kazan and Robin's house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, now 
35 years later, I'm on the board with Robin. It's like, I know what your house looks like. <laughs> yeah. Seen her, you, know, you know what I mean? But Yeah, and their I, kids and all that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. And I also suspect, and forgive me for playing armchair psychiatrist no, here, no. that you saw in him and, and, and you and her, I suspect this deep-rooted work ethic coming from hard-working parents yeah. who perhaps didn't focus on the thing that filled them up. So that was the shift each of you made. If I'm going to do this and work my fingers to the bone, it's going to be a place where I feel right. passionate. Yeah. And you yeah. both have that. And, well, yeah, I saw, I, I saw work ethic was a huge thing, right. ambition, right. and also taste, you know, and you were funny. I remember you were always funny. I used to go to those poker games. I hate poker. And I would just go there to hang out because I moved down the street right. into an apartment that I sold you. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. <laughs> For well, way too little money. <laughs> Worst mistake of my life. And I remember it was we had, right during that. I didn't even know what I, I didn't even want the apartment. You didn't want the apartment. I was like, Bernie, you said you would buy this apartment. You need, and I was I, like, I couldn't afford this apartment. Yeah, yeah. Well, now you've, I, you've, yeah, you've done what you've it's, done with it. Yeah, yeah. It all worked out. It all worked out. Again. But but I remember that that you were funny, you know, and you had energy. You had light. I do have energy, and to yeah. me, that was so important, yeah. you know, and I think that's what you, you have now and bring to the work that you have so I mean that's 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 a huge part of it you know and you're good with you're great with people which I think is important you know you like people right oh yeah I yeah love sometimes I don't yeah yeah no no, no I got it <laughs> I like, like <laughs> I, I like don't know actors, how to but... actually be alone which is you know what is that what is that I don't even know what that would be well but yeah. also you know? let talk like what's the life work balance for you in yeah. terms of like and here's the thing, like your job is the thing that also fills you up. Right. So like when do you step away and shut off from that thing and fill up the tank in other ways? And can you? If at all. <laughs> well, shopping is good. Oh. <laughs> that really is helpful. Uh, no, my <laughs> wife and I like to redecorate our apartment like, you know, on a weekly basis. Hmm. Uh, but no, I, you know, I do. I mean, I have two kids and we have yeah. a house out in the, out east in the funky North Fork and, you know, I try to go. But uh, you know, I'm willing to uh, be critical of myself. It's hard for me to relax. It's yeah. hard for me to sort of chill. But look, that's why uh, you get all this shit done too, right? So like, and, what are you, you know, gonna do? And for me, sometimes like going to the theater is actually chilling. You know, really, like you cannot have. You can yeah. let yourself go at yeah. this point, even. If, wow. And get sucked into a play yeah. or a movie. Yes. Wow. Uh, uh, I get that. I because get that. the lights go down, and then yeah. there's nothing but that. Yeah. Uh, I'm so happy that you love it because like there's there is a world in which you show up here and you're bitter and you're like all of it. Like I feel like you you have enough data that if you wanted to crunch the data a certain way, you could come out with that. But you don't. And it's yeah, so great. Yeah, it's it's no, it makes me excited for actors, too, because I think, again, like we focus on we actors focus on that uh, this traumatic experience and that one and this one. I know. But so, they have to. I know. You know, and, it, and I always try to say to actors if I when I do a seminar or classes like. Yes, they chose a profession where 90% of it is rejection, mm -hmm. but they can't think of it as that way. Right. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? And they if you just do, do go they home. just start like, spinning. Don't do it. Right, yeah. then yeah. don't do it. It's like, all it is is you didn't get the job. Right. And I get how painful that is because you know, even my son who's an architect doesn't go on 20 things a week that a potential, you know, that an actor can do. Right. Yeah. You know, the normal other careers don't have what actors have to go through. Yeah. But they can't let that mean anything. Right. You know, and, and for you, and I think you're an example of negative. It. You come back to to the right. love of the work consistently, yeah. which is like that's the touchstone for you, which is exciting. And so, in terms of actors, I know that you have favorite actors. You've got a tribe of actors who you you go to often, mostly that you advocate for. You advocate. So, I think actors listening to this need to also hear that. How do you and why do you advocate for actors? 
what does that mean to you? Specific actors who I know that you are champions of, you know, new people you've just met or people, you know, like right. Aaron or, yeah, you know, sure. you know, even we're talking about, you know, Raul Sparza in the, who's in the play right now, um, like people who you've been casting for years who you, who you champion. Why do you do that and how do you do that? Why I do it is because they're so fucking good. Right, so that seems natural. Like <laughs> I think someone like Raul and Norbert Leobot to Annalie Ashford, you know, you know what I mean. Like they're so good at what they do, yeah. And they're so good in the audition environment, uh, you know, you know what I mean. Which is a whole different thing. Which you know, well, you know what I mean. Like, Anna, like Anna, Anna Lee, like let's talk, you okay. know, like yeah. the minute we met her, you know, she just walks in and treats every audition like it was. The performance. Why do you think? And she I don't does mean that? a result, no, but no, I, I mean she said, yeah. it's like I'm gonna go home and figure out because that's all you got right now, right? Like you don't have the job, <laughs> you know. And thankfully now she maybe doesn't have to do all that right. work anymore on yeah. auditions because people know who she is. But even when she, you know, was just in the ensemble of Legally Blonde, you know, which was like the first thing we put her in, yeah, she was so dynamic. You know, every audition. She but she does that and Norman does that. They walk into a room and they light it up, right? They're working. They're yeah. in process. Yeah. So what, do you, what is that? I mean, what is that for actors? Actors, A lot of actors don't know how to do that. No, it's, you know, it's, some of it sounds cliche, but it's making choices. It's having a sense of making a choice about that character. I mean, I'll never forget Anna Lee Ashford coming in for the Sex in the City movie. One line, you know, one line and it's, you know, and all you get are those shitty little sides right. that... It's our fault, right? All we give it, you know, we don't give a character description if it's a one line. It's like one line interviewing with Carrie Bradshaw to be her assistant, you know? And it's like one line. But it's like she walked in the room and she knew, okay, everybody knows who Carrie Bradshaw is, right? Even if you didn't watch Sex in the City, the television show, you know Carrie Bradshaw is someone who is what? Is all about style, is all about an outfit. And even though it was like a series of nine different people who were just interviewing for a job, whether they get the job or not, it was just a line. But Annalie walked in that room and had a whole Sex in the City outfit and walked in meeting Michael Patrick King, the writer-director, as if he was meeting Carrie, as if she was meeting Carrie Bradshaw. Mm -hmm. And you saw it before she even sat down. You know what I mean? The way she, she had the scarf there. and the hat and the cut, but you know, and it wasn't like a costume. It was just a no different than I would walk in to meet Paul Newman versus I'd walk in to meet, I don't know, who, who I, it was a bad suggestion, Paul oh. Newman, I don't know why I said that. But, yeah. but you know what I mean? Like Annalie just entered the room with it yeah, and yeah. it made you want to spend more time with her. Mm. It made you want to cast her and mm. you could see Michael just light up. Mm. And the same thing when she did Masters of Sex right, the first right. time for John. Yeah. It was like, so, it, and you have to know that she must have done hours of homework for one line. I just know she did. And we tell actors because also... Because she when thought about she, yeah, every yeah. possible thing because what are actors doing? They're creating people. Yeah. They're being people who have a whole life even if you only meet them for one line. Sure. And she walked in with that rather than walking in as Annalie Ashford. Although I think she... I think you know. just to... Not to say... Yeah. To be contrary to that, but she always is Annalie in everything that she does. Sure. And so sure. The, she, she, sure. she is, A, a big personality. She's unapologetic about it. Right? She... She understands performance. She's got her, you know, nightclub show, and and so she's and and she's a generous yeah. human being. Generous human being. And so she walks in with that, 
with that confidence, that specificity, that generosity, and the big personality of Annalise. So we tell actors all the time, don't make a lot of a, of a one-line part, but what she was able to, is able to do is just inhabit it unapologetically. Right. right, well said, well, well said. So that's, I think, part of what's brilliant about that, that there's no apology in any of what she does, and it's incredibly generous and fun and alive. Yeah. It's, it's infectious. And it makes you want to play more with her, you right. know, right? right? Like all of casting... All these auditions are like blind dates. Yeah. You know what I mean? And what is it about, and I always try to say that, what is it about a blind date that makes you want to go on the second date? I don't know. You, you, I, didn't, you, I didn't do well on those. <laughs> <Okay>. so, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? But there's got to be something yeah. that happens in that first human, meeting. Human, Right. Yeah. Yeah. Affecting each other and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and why do you think actors love your office and and love and feel like oh I'm going to Telsey for an audition it feels like this is the real deal and this is you know I'm not make people still get nervous but what do you think it is about that I, I hope that continues I think because all of us on the staff are much more involved than just decision making you know what I mean whether it's you know Rachel who's a teacher or Tiffany who also teaches or Craig, who works, you know, they're all sort of more involved in actors' lives. Mm. I don't mean that means they're socially best friends with them by any means, no. But, uh, and I think a lot of it has to do with also because of the MCC. I mean, maybe this is the free card because so many actors work at the theater that Will Cantler and I also run. Mm -hmm. We have a different relationship with actors that we're seeing so in the dressing room, that yeah. we're seeing backstage, that we're seeing night after night and that makes us not that taboo casting right. director yeah that makes us a human being your theater collaborators right yeah, yeah. so then your fellow we're artists. collaborators yeah. now in an audition situation yeah. as opposed to gatekeepers you know or any of that kind of yeah you know myth that goes with casting like oh we're the people who say no yeah but i think that you tone know? is is like palpable when you when you walk into your space too like it's a live with rehearsals and classes and right. there's all sorts of kids. stuff happening. Yeah. yeah, yeah, lots of kids, yeah, lots of kids. high school kids. Yeah, yeah. There's music yeah. playing. There's like it's it, it's a it's a creative environment that I think people. That's walk what I into. wanted to feel like because we all know auditions are so cold and so you know it's all about rejection. Even the genderless something. bathrooms. Yes, it's a creative <laughs> yes. collaborative experience. Yeah, well, that we spent Which I a love. lot of time with that. But I but but I, I but I know you did, and that's why I said it because it's I there's know. a thought process in there. Really in was all a thought process that besides it being the time of. You know, we're all in that world now where you have to. But there was a real thought process because it also helps break down our teams who might not be doing it 24-7 like we are. Mm. But, you know, there's nothing better than, you know, Candace Bergen during casting of, you know, Murphy Brown revival where she's like, I was just in the bathroom with like, you know, Everyone. Jane Howdy shell, you know, and it's like, yes. <laughs> You know, you know what I mean, and you yeah. love that because yeah. it it just breaks down the barriers. So they were all in this together. Yeah, yeah. Got that Yet, sense. even if we can't hire every single person. Right. But the, but you, you know, know what's so great about that? What I love about that is it makes people feel like they're part of something. They're part of a community, a tribe people who really support try. them so that right. it's like I didn't get this job but I know I am part of this world and that's what that that's, that's a safe place to go and a collaborative space and that's that's important right. so at least people feel feel that like they have 
some kind of artistic home to go to, even though they might go in and, you know, and not yeah. get cast. And you bring people back and you advocate for no, them. No, and we love it. You know, it's like all day long. You know, it's almost like that restaurant. You know, you go back to the back room where the office is and everyone's like, oh my God, so-and-so sitting in the lobby. I forgot about them. I'm yeah. going to bring, you know, you know what I mean? Have them come to my, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. lot of, for yeah. us too. Like, yeah. you know, whenever we're stymied, like you walk into the lobby and try to get a good idea. Casting in the bathroom. Yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> you know. Do you have a firm hand on the logistics of all this or do you just leave this to your team, all the trains running on time? No, that's the stuff I get into. The really? Log- Even if I'm not in that project. Yeah, yeah. The logistics of it. I mean, yes, we have staff people who don't cast who are in charge of logistics. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I do get in, involved in all that. Because you like you it? Know, yeah, because I yeah. do like that stuff, you know, and making sure that, you know, it's all about everything looking the way it should look and welcoming and all that kind of, I'm a big... Like, I would love to just be a stage manager, you know, at heart. You know I mean? Or receptionist. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like, I always want to go work the front well, desk. You're the maitre d'. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's fun. Do you have an exit strategy for this? Or is there like a, this is my plan for where this goes, and then at this point, um, I'll hand this over, or I'll be doing, I'll, I'll be stage managing or whatever? Yeah, that's a good, you know, I think about that a lot lately, and not because of wanting to exit. But no. the next chapter. But you know, what does happen. Yeah. And then it becomes too overwhelming. <laughs> so it goes away, yeah. to be honest. Uh, even though I think of like, oh, does like, you know, do the, the people who are 15 years younger than me take over? Does my son go into this business? You know, like any of those... And then it just becomes, there's so many more pressing things that have to be solved. Yeah. Well, you're not ready. It's hard to see it because yeah, you're not ready. Yeah, because I'm not wanting to. But there's to probably either. a version where you do do less of one thing and more of another so that you can be the maitre d' more than less. Yeah. Or who knows, right? Yeah, where that what, might evolve into. But would you get bored? And ask, but meanwhile, like, I'm like, why am I doing, you know, like, why did I open up an LA office? Or why did I join the Academy Board? Or... We just moved MCC into a building, and now we have two theaters. Why did you? I because I, I like doing it. Because I'm not right. thinking about any exit. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking about what else can we do. Yeah. Uh, well, again, that's part of the theme of your life, which I is know, building, growing, positive thinking. So the right. only thing in that that you need to be mindful of is whatever kind of self care that you need to do to give yourself sure yeah some space, right? Right. That's correct. And, and what would that do? Because <laughs> yeah, but it's even Steve. Yes. Talks to right. me about that all the time because I'm not unlike you in that. And at some point, especially you know after a long time, you actually can serve the work better if you can find some space right. in all of that. You know, but it's hard when you're growing <clears throat> and thriving. Talk a little bit about MCC and yeah. what that is. A lot of our audiences in LA or other places they might not know how that theater has evolved and the fact that you just moved into this extraordinary new building. Yeah. Um, on the Upper West Side? I mean, the Midtown West Side? Before we just talk about that, but remember when, like, you would go to, like, Europe for the month? Like, I remember when I started working with, like, two years in a row, you were like, I need to just go and travel. And didn't you, like, go to, like, Spain or somewhere? Yeah. You know, but that we need to do. To Mallorca, I don't do that anymore. No, I know. Remember when we went to, remember when we went to that, we went to that spot? Yeah, that's it. There, if you travel, yeah. Right. Because you yes. have to disconnect, you except for self tapes. You know being I mean, can you? Can you? Can yes, you? I can. I feel like that's when I can if I go somewhere. Got it. Not as much going to Long Island because I still feel too close. Mm. Uh, but I need. So I've been trying to get us to go 
overseas. <laughs> yeah, far away. Yeah, yeah. If, if it's physically, if it feels yeah. far away. And though that's hard. I was in Italy a couple of years ago, and Steve was like, do not pick up the phone, except I we know. had to negotiate on this space, and we sure. had to. But it was hard to separate. Space. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. Yeah. That means a lot coming from you. And every time no, you're, I was like, when and, I and if you're in, in LA, like first of all, you should know, and, I know you've got your space where you have it, yeah. but you know that this is your home too. And if you want to decorate a little bit, we're open to having <laughs> you come do that, right. to send us your thoughts and your patterns and your swatches. Um, I love that stuff. Yeah. Remember we went to Canyon Ranch? Yes. For three yes. days? We thought that was a big escape. That was a big escape. <laughs> On our way to L.A. Right. Yeah, so we were <laughs> to working. To do work. Yeah. But we still took those two Oh, days. I remember that day, like, tremendously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, MCC. Yeah. What, what does it mean? What does it stand for? How did that name happen? What is, uh, what is it? The name was a mistake. Uh, but it was uh, because when we were just getting out of NYU, we were class. I was the one who was like, okay, I'll open up the bank account. You know, and like, so it was class company because we were a class. <laughs> I didn't know You know, that. and we were a club. And then like, you know, we were a club for like three years. And now we're going to do something. And we can't be like class company because now that just sounds like so pretentious. So it just became Manhattan class company because we lived in Manhattan. And <laughs> I mean, there was like, when you think of all these other titles, yeah. you know, Link, Naked Angel, Steppenwolf, blah, 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 blah. We just never had. And then it was like, well, now everyone knows us. Everyone knows us. We're two years old, <clears throat> but like we can never Can't change, change our name. Yeah. And then, of course, we never changed our name. Then, when you know, now we're thirty-three years old. But when we were um, when we were moving into the Lortel, or slowly now moving into our new building, we just decided to stick with the MCC. Yeah. You know, because one, it was more unknown, and two, now we can't change it because yeah. we've been around. Yeah. Uh, but it's friggin' amazing. I mean, you know, we have. You know, we always were homeless, as opposed to the Atlantic and the Vineyard. That had, you know, theaters, all yeah. had their own spaces. Yeah. We were happy to be on the Flower Mark. You know, 99 seat shithole of a space on 28th Street, I and then we moved that. into the Lortel, and the Lortel was great for 18 years. You were there uh, for that long. Wow. Uh, 15 years. Yeah. Uh, and you know, we always wanted our home, but we never had, you know, that very you know, wealthy board member or donor to get us a building, and it's so ridiculously expensive. Yeah. So we were happy being at the Lortel, and really, really happy, and we had a great situation there. And then during the Bloomberg administration, they were redeveloping the Upper Hell's Kitchen, which was really like from 49th to 59th on 10th Avenue and 11th Avenue, and there was this new condos that were going to be going up, and you could apply and then it got down to like seven finalists and then you know lo and behold we got chosen to go into this space and it you know you know it was supposed to be ESTs you know yeah. uh, and then Kurt got all you know scared and then that, he died and then he died yeah. uh, but he let it go before he, he died. let it yeah 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 and then they came and called us and yeah. then we thought okay it has two spaces and you know it was just a shell and unfortunately the building was built before anybody was going to even move in there as a theater, so it wasn't ideal. Right. Uh, and to make a long story short, you know, it took 12 years uh, because it went from Bloomberg to de Blasio, and, you know, it's just endlessly slow working with the city. But at the same time, we were cool because it gave us more time to raise money, and we weren't homeless. We were at the Lortel, and we never believed it was real anyway. Right. Like, <laughs> never. Even if we were still raising money, we never believed it was real. And the only reason we got to do it is because the city gave us, you know, like 75% of the money between Bloomberg and de Blasio. And 
Department of Cultural Affairs, and then we only had to raise like 25% of it, which was still a lot of money for us, but doable. Uh, and now we moved in this January, and it's amazing. Because for 30 years, we were all over the city. Our youth company and our after-school education programs were wherever we get free space. It was at the casting office. It was at Baruch College. It was everywhere. And the offices were on a, a little office space on 30th Street, which had nothing to do with art. And the rehearsal rooms were wherever we could rent rehearsal space. And, now and then we were together. at the Lortel. Oh, yeah. And now everything is well, under one roof. Yeah, yeah. You know, the 20 people staff are the same place where Josh Henry and Raul Esparza are rehearsing. Yeah. And the patrons now have a place to go after the show for a drink in our lobby. Or our opening night parties are in the theater. You know, I mean, it's it's amazing. And we've been there since January, and it feels like we've been there five years already. Wow. And it's so exciting having two shows and, you know, having a box office, which we never could have at the hotel. <sighs> yeah. And but just artists. to be clear, the, the mission of the company is, is what? Is to develop and produce new work, you know, right. to conversations you would never have otherwise had, uh, you know, is one of our sort of slogans. Sure. Uh, and, but it's really to develop new work. And whether it's through the education program or just through the artists doing the main stage plays. And we have two different theaters. One is a black box, which is about 110 seats that can be configured any which way. And then we have one that's more of a proscenium that's 250. And you still get that same feeling, whether it's at MCC or whether it's an actor who walks in uh, that you didn't know before and they move you on an emotional level. You still get that same feeling. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like addictive, <clears throat> you know, because and now going to the theater, you just want to be there, whether it's watching the audience's members or having the talk back afterwards or hanging out in the green room. You know, now you can go in the green room and there's two monitors and you can watch both shows. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or you can stand in the back of the house. Uh, it's thrilling. Hmm. You know. Yeah, and coming back to that is the thing that just keeps you fortified. Yeah, that's, yes. Yeah. Because you get to see the whole package. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it allows you to then focus on the one task of right, casting right, right. in an oddly way. Right. You know, if this is possible, well, then we could. That's amazing. Find who we need for that play. So tell me this, though. Know. What, what is the future of casting? If you see some young kids who are coming up through your system or not, the sensibility that they have by virtue of their generation and their relationship to technology, et cetera, can you instill in them this same love for the craft and for theater? Do they have it? Yeah, I mean, the exciting part is now people want to go into casting. Mm. You know, if I think about as much as you love it and I love it, we fell into it. Right. Uh, I feel like now, you know, we're seeing interns who are coming to our office who are freshmen in college. They know they want to go into casting. And that's wonderful because that means the profession is meaningful to people out there <laughs> and they're hearing about it and they now know what that means. Uh, there might even be an award for it one day. There might even be an award. There are some. There, there are some there already. Are I mean, now. I mean, there are some. I mean yeah. the award. But yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so that's wonderful. And you love that. And there are people who are obviously learning a lot by being online, because they're not even necessarily in the city or they're in school. So they have a lot more access earlier. So that's great. But it really is about teaching those millennials and those young people that it is still a people business. Yeah. It isn't a social media business. You know, I mean, all of those kinds of things. because. Okay you still want them to suffer, not suffer a little bit, but struggle a little bit and really work in the theater 
you know, rather than just, you know, getting out of school and now I want to go cast this TV show. Is understanding really actors mean? and is understanding the craft and actors yeah. a prerequisite? Yeah. And, you know, and again, I think a lot of people in our generation, we were actors or we were directors. So we knew that right. because we only had that entry level into the arts. So the good and bad, the good is now they're starting off wanting to go casting. So that's the good. But then the bad is they have no idea. They've never read a play. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's what I've learned. Yeah. By meeting some young people. They've never read a play. Whereas all of the people in our generation, that's all they had. Right. Yeah. Because they didn't have casting. So yeah. that's the sort of constant. Tiffany and I were just talking about that. Of, mm. You know, which again, for me in my own office, I'm try- I'd rather find someone who knows nothing about casting, mm. but knows all these plays. Right. Or was in the room. We're seeing a film cast. before 19, you know, 90. Right. Seven or whatever that is, yeah. So it's it's yeah. how do we train those younger people? Yeah, but the fact is, is that question. you have a, a clear idea of what it what it should look like, and so if yeah. you can offer that kind of background and that kind of grounding, then and that, I think that happens through your office, and you know you can breed the whole industry if you like. No, Bernie. I, I mean, don't you, do you that. know <laughs> no, you're no, on the verge of that. So <laughs> no, no. what what would you say to an actor out there listening? What can they let go of? What can they focus on? What what is should be really important to them when they're feeling this either outside or or desperate or frustrated um, in their careers? You know, how can they fulfill themselves? Like regardless of getting the job and wanting the job, and they have to do all of that. Yeah. How can they feel fulfilled as an artist? Whether that means in a class or whether that means get together with a bunch of actors every Monday night and read a play. Mm. Like we did that yeah. like when we were a club, yeah. you know. You know, I mean, find that internal or external way of feeling connected to being an artist. I mean, that's the thing that they gotta find and they gotta have, so that it doesn't become just about the desperate. I need a job, yeah. Uh, and that's hard, you know. That separation. Uh, but that's what you respond to. That's what we all respond to are people yeah. who are, you know, the Annalie Ashford is attractive because she's so in and of the work and she's always building parts of her life and her career so that she brings that in the room yeah. whole and wholeheartedly. And I think for young actors too, it's say yes, get involved, do readings, be a reader, be, you know, I mean, I know it's a little trickier in LA possibly more than New York, but there are things happening all around and get involved and, you know, and even volunteer, like you've got, I know Gracie, my daughter is working at MCC now in the youth thing. And I didn't even know you had that. And she talks about all the time, like what an important thing that is to be a part of that, Yeah, you know, to be a part of something. Yeah. Yeah. And then she can go, still go write her screenplay or or whatever her interest is. Yeah. But you need to, because it's such a delicate business and you need to be involved in something. And I feel like I was lucky enough to have that with MCC but you created well, that think, with yeah. your, with a yeah. bunch of yeah. you made a club. Yeah. 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 You made a club. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and from that club became an empire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I know you don't like that. I know yeah, it makes no, you uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. But I really also want you to take ownership of this. Okay. What you have created, which is extraordinary. Thanks. Yeah. And you just need to, you know, that's a little bit your fault. <laughs> oh, really? You're a little bit of an inspiration. Come on. Well, uh, it makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah, and I hope it makes you happy. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. It really really does. Yeah. What, mat- what matters to you about this? Uh, caring. 
I mean, you know, having an emotional connection, whether that be to a piece of material or to a person, that's what matters to me, having a connection. And that can happen in an audition room. Well, that's what you wanted. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that's yeah. where, you know, whether it's with a board member or an artist at MCC or in an audition room, it's having that that connection. Being affected. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, Vernie Telsey. Thank you so much for being here. Appreciate oh my God, you. thank you. We love sharing this content with our community. We offer it 100% free and it's our privilege to do so. If you're loving this podcast and are interested in offering something in return, go ahead and subscribe to The Acting Podcast. Then find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen to your podcast and leave us an honest rating and review. Your words will help us bring this work to even more actors and artists around the world. Thank you so much for listening and for being here with us. We love how this community shows up for us and for each other online and in the studio. And as a thank you to our incredible community, we want to give you an amazing free gift. It's called the Comprehensive Guide to the Perfect Self-Tape. So all you have to do is screenshot your review, send it to theactingpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll send you an exclusive gift of the Perfect Self-Tape Guide to take your work to the next level. And come visit us online at thebgbstudio.com. And if you're in LA, Atlanta, or New York, Jump into a class with us. We're here to get you into the kind of shape necessary to be successful.